I'll give you an easy concept today. It's not, I'm not going to give you all the quotes that I normally give you. I'm not going to like give you a bunch of like 12 verses because, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to read a scripture. I'm going to reference a couple things and then, and then we're just going to pray over you that you would do what we're talking about today. Um, you know, one of the, the beauties of a pattern, and we've talked about patterns, and that's kind of the goal of the year. Uh, we, the, first, the first month of the year, we talked about withdrawal and return. Withdrawal to look upon Jesus so that you would return looking more like Jesus, right? We talked about temple to table, that there is, a, there is community built in both. And, that, um, and next week, uh, or sorry, not next week, but next month, uh, mid-March, actually, we'll get into a pattern, death and resurrection, as we head towards Easter on April uh, 12th. Uh, what is the pattern of death and that sounds heavy and it's going to it's really excited about it. it's going to be good um, but we're in this temple to table if we can set right patterns if we can establish some patterns that Jesus established then maybe we can begin to adjust our posture a little bit the holy spirit will get to work in our lives and then we will inhabit places in a much stronger healthier life-giving way i, I don't need a title i i i just need a spirit and, and if I've got the right spirit, it will not matter what title I have. I will just inhabit that place with strength, with hope, with purpose, with vision, with perspective. Come on, with peace, with joy. Come on, there, there, there doesn't need to be a bunch of Christians striving for titles or positions. There needs to be a bunch of people who love Jesus, who understand no matter the position you are in, you have influence because of the person you are. Amen? Because of the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit's job is to continually, over and over, continually renew you into the image of Christ. That you would look more and more like Jesus every day of your life. And of course, we have off days where we maybe look a little more like the devil than Jesus. Uh, but the Holy Spirit is working in us. Somebody just loosen up. Somebody just like... Uh, uh, Jesus, he's trying to form and shape Jesus in you so that no matter what street you're on, no matter what workplace you go to, no matter what house you end up in, no matter what waiting room you are in, no matter where you get your coffee or where you buy your food, there is a Jesus, there is a representative of Jesus showing up in that space. Amen? And, um, and so that's kind of where we've been. The temple to table, for me, the beauty of every pattern is there seems to be this kind of back and forth. In other words, when I withdraw and return, when I withdraw to be with Jesus, I return looking more like him. I make decisions like him. I step into power like him. I, I walk in a certain way like him. It, but then there's another withdrawal. Jesus had, to, he didn't just withdraw once and get everything he needed and then return and then it was all good. He did it often. He would often withdraw into the wilderness. We talked about the wilderness being a place where there's a lot of things running wild. We tend to look at the wilderness as the limit for our life, but Jesus would often withdraw to the wilderness. You need to go into those places where there are things still running wild so God can heal and renew and take shape in your life. And this temple to table has the same thing. There's this cyclical thing that happens in it. In other words, that you need both. We, we tend to be, and I, I was going to talk about the temple today. Uh, again, the word we're using just because of the, the way it works with the, the pattern and the, the creativity of it. What, what we really honestly mean is, is church. There is this need for community that both looks like this and looks like the table. There is, there is a both and. Uh, we tend to, as uh, there's, there's kind of two movements now that where it is all about Sunday and everything's about Sunday and Sunday's the only thing that matters and Sunday's the Super Bowl every week of the year. I don't know if they wouldn't play the Super Bowl every week of the year, You'd lose value on everything else they do, right? So, the, the, but the, like everything's about Sunday. It's all about Sunday. And, and there is a, there's a great value in Sunday. Many of you didn't show up at dinner party and then show up here. You typically, because of kind of how we do life here in this culture and how we do life in America, uh, you 
you, you would show up at church on a Sunday and then make it to the table. Now, we're trying to make that a two-way street. We, we are trying desperately to make sure that people can show up at the table for a few months and then show up at church on a Sunday. We want both active, both happening. But that's typically how it happens. You would show up at church on a Sunday and then go, okay, cool, awesome. And then there, there is this other side. There's the table. And, and, and really what you could say, the distinction there is the temple is where you lift your hands to God in worship and the table is where you lift, uh, where you uh, extend your hands to people in hospitality. There, there's, a, there's a both, they both represent a lot of the same things. There's prayer, uh, there's welcoming, uh, there, there's even worship at times, there, there's fellowship, there, there's all those kinds of things happening in both, but they both take a bit of a different tone or a, a bit of a different feel to them in those different contexts. But both are necessary. Both, both are healthy. Both are life-giving. Both are, there, there are things you will, that will happen here. And so I would tell you that, well, I'm getting off my message. But there's a, there's, there's a thing. So there's a, there's a temple thing happening here. And it doesn't mean that it has to happen Sunday mornings. But there is that greater gathering of the saints. There is the bigger gathering of the saints. There's that place where we are celebrating and proclaiming who God is, worshiping who he is, honoring who he is, putting him first, realigning our life, uh, restoring as as James K. A. Smith would say, we are restoring our life. We are reminding ourselves that we fit in his story, not him in ours, right? That we are, we are stepping into the story of God, that there's that kind of moment happening in the temple, and then you go to the table, and, and, and there's, there's something else happening there. Again, some of the same elements represented, but now you are looking at other people. You're, sitting, you're not sitting in rows facing whoever's on the stage. You're sitting at a table looking at people, and you're remembering that when you came to church on Sunday, it wasn't just all about you. Right? Sometimes the table is there to remind you that the row wasn't just about what God was doing for you, but what he's going to do through you, right? Everybody's with me, 98% of you amening. Okay, so, like, there's, there's that. There's both of those. But there is, and I think this is important, and I think this is, this is, I think this is why we say see Jesus on every street and every heart. There is something in between. There, there, there's nobody who lives here at Botanic, I don't think. Haven't found them yet, right? The band doesn't come to dinner party and set up and do a worship set on a Wednesday night. There are different things, but they're not right on top of each other. There it seems to be, typically, there is a, there is a journey or a distance traveled between the temple and the table. And when I read, and we'll just read the verse that's kind of set the tone for this series, and then we're going to, honestly, I'm just going to pray over you guys that you're empowered to, to inhabit this space uh, because, and then we'll run out there and wave hi to a bunch of people we don't know, and they'll be like, why are there people standing behind the fence waving at us? Because we love you. We're, we're, we are okay feeling a little awkward to make sure you know people support you. Come on, that'll preach. I'm such a preacher. I just turned that into a, all right. Verse, uh, Acts 2, I'm reading out the message just because I think it, 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 it shows it really, really well. Verse 43 says, everyone around was in awe. I think sometimes we read this Acts 2 section of Scripture forgetting what had just happened. They were fired up. They, they, were, they, were, they had just gotten back from summer camp, right? Like they were just raring to go. Like they were, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Everyone around was in awe because of all that had been going on. All those wonders and signs. In fact, just after Easter, we'll do a, a pattern called signs and wonders. So come ready. All those wonders and signs, message did it wrong. It's supposed to be signs and wonders. 
Um, sorry, Eugene. Done through the apostles and all the believers lived in a wonderful harmony. There is, there is no greater sign of the Holy Spirit at work than harmony. Please hear me. Because there are a lot of chairs in between you. There is no greater sign of the Holy Spirit at work in the body of Christ than unity. You could make the argument that everything in the Bible is about reconciliation, relationship, and how we are unified together. And we tend to build churches now on the distinctions between us. And there need to be, look, if you don't have diversity within unity, then your unity is actually pretty weak. Okay? So there needs to be diversity. There need to be ages that change. There need to be colors that represented. There need to be all kinds of different things happening within your unity. Okay, but you need to be unified. And if you try to pick up 12 different things that we're unified on, you won't be unified. What was Paul's one thing? His unity was built on one thing. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Upon which all other things, the Holy Spirit putting you together brick by brick by brick to become the dwelling place of the Lord. Unity. There's no greater, oh, that's just, that's my life's message, unity. In fact, I went to Calgary. I hadn't been there in six years. I did it one time six years ago, and I felt like a complete failure. I still remember. Uh, I've, in fact, wiped the trip from my mind, and I got up there, and there were people coming to me telling me the message I preached on Unity. Uh, from six years ago. It's, it is, to me, the, one of the most important things that we could talk about is unity because it involves forgiveness, involves grace, it involves serving. Come on. If we would just do all the one another's in the Bible, we'd be good. Love one another, serve one another, fight for one another. Come on. I told you I didn't need notes. Holding everything in common. They sold whatever they owned and uh, pooled their resources so that each person's need was met. They followed, here's, this is the, kind of where we've been hanging out. They followed a daily discipline, not just weekly, but daily discipline. Dinner parties are going to a daily, no, I'm just joking. Some of the hosts are like, whoa, hey. They followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple, followed by meals at home. Every meal, a celebration, exuberant and joyful as they praise God. People in general, oh, I love this verse. People in general, not completely, but mostly. Like, let yourself off the hook a little bit. Not everybody's coming to your dinner party. Keep inviting them. But people in general, even if they never come to your dinner party, are going to drive by and see through the windows all the people smiling in your house. And in general, they will like what they see. Every day, their number, I think it's important that people in general like what they saw, as said before, every day their number grew as God added those who were saved. Here's what I want to ask you. What happened from temple where they worshipped and table where they shared meals together that everyone was being added? Every day people were being added. There had to be something that was happening between here 
and there that was actually getting people to there and then getting them to there I, I, and getting them to there. And then somehow every day in this daily discipline of going from the temple to the table to the temple to the table to the temple. I hope you're getting it to the table to the temple to the table, the regular rhythm of temple to the table to the. There, there's there is something happening between. I would say one of the primary things is that it was a daily discipline of temple to table to temple to table and back again and back again and back again. It was that regular rhythm that was what began to add people to the church. If there was no table, we'd never leave the temple. And how many of you Christians symbolically never really leave church? They never actually walk out the door and begin to see their street as a place where they catch people. They don't see their calling as a place where they catch people. They don't see their workplace as a place where they pray for people. They don't see their workplace as a place where things can be healed. They don't see their family as a place where people can be restored. They don't see the, the journey. They don't see the distance between being the place where God is actually most excited to do things. I think so many of us miss out on the beauty and power and fun and excitement and risk of following Jesus because we never leave the temple. Or we reserve the table for the people who are already saints. And just a reminder, you might be a saint, but you still sin. <laughs> like, but Jesus sees you as a saint. He sees you as one he's made righteous. He sees you as, God sees you as the one who put on the robe of his son. And when you're coming from afar off, he sees someone he recognizes. That's the beauty of covenant. That's what God did when he sent his son to die. Is he was going, oh, I'm going to change the robe you wear. I'm going to change the outfit you have on so that when I see you, I see my son. But there's something that happens. I don't know if you've ever cleaned like a pool or a fish tank or so like you, there's this like back and forth motion of the net. You don't, you just, you have to keep that net flowing. If you stop, it just sits and all the stuff starts to float out of the net. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's the most frustrating thing when you see, and you have to just keep coming. And then you know that when you make the water start moving that way, what? You turn it around because then the stuff just flows right in. So there is something about going back and forth to the table. Okay, awesome. Okay, hey, you should come to the temple. Okay, hey, yeah. Oh, that's great. Hey, you should come. Hey, you know what? I'm on my way to dinner. You should come along. There's something about this rhythm and this pattern and this consistency that allows us to see our streets and the distance and the journey between as something far more than just transit. Now, I don't know about you, but I understand invitation always has with it expectation. See, see, when I begin to invite people, there's two things that are being said. I both expect something to happen, and there seems to be, for me at least, an expectation on myself to help make it happen. So when I invite a friend to dinner party, I better be at dinner party. When I invite my friend to dinner party, oh, I expect them to be welcome. They're going to get a meal. They're going to be loved. They're going to be cared for. And when I invite my friend to church on a Sunday morning, because we are doing that, I love that our table almost sometimes matches our Sunday attendance. But I believe both should continue to rise. I, I, just, I just believe what we're saying today, what we prayed for today, what we're doing today should be seen and felt and heard and experienced by far more than is 
so far. I just believe the future of C3 Fort Worth is in the streets. But because of what God is doing in the streets, we are finding more hearts at the table and more hearts in the temple. But it only happens if we understand this pattern. If we understand this motion to our life, where we're just going, okay, from here, all right, sweet. This, me, I'm not, I'm not just giving from Wednesday night in my spiritual life trying to get to Sunday. No, I'm going Thursday. What, what is God going to do for me? What is God going to do through me? I, I was with a, a buddy of mine in Calgary, and he said to me, he had heard a friend say this, that when I go into a place, coffee shop, doctor's office, when I go to work, I know what I'm there for. And I always ask God, what else am I here for? I, just, I would just challenge you this week. You go to the grocery store, I know I'm here for groceries. What else am I here for? Okay, I know I'm here to grab a coffee real quick. What else am I here for? Okay, I know I'm driving down the street because I got to get to Who else am I here for? What is your street? Because the reality is all of us live in different places. All of us have different addresses. We all drive down different streets. We all understand different needs. I know Ross and Kathy. You don't. I know who that is. You don't. I know who little Kai is and his family down the road. You don't. That's okay. And if you've been to my house, you do know Jackie. But Jackie and Nate and Jordan, and I know the, the, the journey they've been through over the last year and a half. Now families split apart. I know Jack and Daisy and how Daisy, if I ever need to know anything that's happening within a two-mile radius of our house, I just need to ask Daisy. And you can tell by her name that, yes, she is a little bit older. But she will show up at our house every day, man. Hey, you want this? Hey, you want this? I know Perla and the degenerative disease that she's suffering through. But she comes outside, works on her yard. She comes over and asks questions. I know those people. You don't. And here's the reality. You know people. I don't. And it is not my responsibility, nor is it yours, to come to my street and help my people. God gave me that street. That's Meredith and I's street. That's Kaysen and Grayson's street. Where's your street? Where do you go to work? Where do you hang out all the time? Because the distance between, the distance between people and Jesus is the distance we travel from temple to table. Are we willing to go like this instead of like typical, and I, I know it's easy to beat up on the church, so please, I, the church does far more good than bad, whether we ever get credit for it, because the church doesn't ask for credit. We are, we, that's not what we're here for, right? But there's a lot of us that tend to go through life like this. Just, just get me to the next, I just got to get to the table, I got to get around some people who love me, you know. I just got to get to the, get off of me. Like, get, give me a mask, you know. Like, give me, I just got to, don't, know Where are the Clorox wipes, you know? As though sin is infectious. Sorry, you are already infected. <laughs> Jesus did that. He's, he's got you. He can take care of that for you. No, you can do this knowing, and man, this is such a preacher illustration, but knowing that Jesus already has the antidote for whatever you might catch along the way. Jesus already has it covered. You, and man, you grab people. You can be free and loving. And people are like, why do you love people like that? Because I got all the love I need. My life is overflowing and not back into the cup. My life overflows outside the cup. My life overflows. The, the whole point of overflowing life is so that you can pour it out and never run out. So you can give it out and never run out. 
so you can pour it out and just keep Go, oh, hey, you want some more? Hey, you need some more? Hey, you want some more? I got some more. You want some more? And the reality is, is the Dead Sea, the only reason it's dead is because it has nothing flowing out of it. It has no issue with what's flowing into it. You and I will become dead spiritually if what God is doing in us never works its way through us. He said rivers of living water, not lakes. He didn't create you to be a pond or a lake. He didn't create you to brag about how much water you got. He created you to be a river that breaks through things that need broken. He created you to be a river to reshape the, the way people get to certain places. He created you to be a river to gr bring nutrients to different parts of your city. He created you to be a river that flows with life. And all he said was, take a drink. Take a drink, I'll make rivers. You take a drink, I'll make rivers. You take a drink. God's generous. He's not scarce. He's, you don't have to look around and go, oh, I need to get what I need to get because if, if they take it, then I won't get it. If they have the joy, then I won't have the joy. Come on, how many of us do that? Well, they're happy right now. That means I can't be happy. It's like my three-year-old getting mad when my six-year-old has a toy when he's got 27 sitting in his room. Come on, God is a generous God. You take a drink, 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 and he'll give us all rivers. He is not worried about that. But we need to go from temple to table. And along the way, arms wide, hearts big, vision large, and take on people. And along the way, people in general will like what they see. And every day, people will be added to the church, not just on Sunday. We will not just tell you how many people got saved Sunday morning by 1 p.m. We will give you the count. That's not what we're here for. What we're here for is that you would walk out of this place equipped to do the ministry. It's Ephesians 5. It's in the Bible. You will walk out of here empowered. And we, we, will, we will start posting the number of people got saved Tuesday afternoon. We will start telling the number of people who got healed Wednesday night. We will start telling people the, 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 the people who lived in their calling, like Heather, who's going out to Lancaster and helping people lead the homeless. All these people living out their purpose and destiny and calling, taking big steps, taking big risks, leaning into this journey. It's 11:17. I didn't finish early. I think you're okay with it, but I just, I want to pray. And here's what I want to pray for. I want to pray for the distance between. I want to pray for the span between what's happening right now in this place as you're amening and saying yes and come on and let's go and let's do this and yeah. What happens between there and Wednesday night when you show up at, at see, see some of you guys are like, I'm not sure I need to go to dinner party. Yeah, but your coworker does. I don't know if I need to be welcomed at the table. I know, but you've got friends who do. And they need someone other than the person they already know to tell them that they love them. They need someone other than the person they already know to tell them we're there for you. They need 31 people <laughs> walking through a dinner party just trying to find space. They need the awesome den at Mary's house to just relax in while people take, hey, you need a drink? Hey, you need some food? Hey, you need, you know, hey, we're all, we're all just people. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm guessing that somewhere along the way, there are people who need to see Jesus. And they won't see him if we're trying to just get through life without touching anything that's going to maybe affect my we just, yo, whatever comes, whoever's there, wherever I go, what, why am I there? Amen? So I want to pray for us as a church to be empowered in the spirit to make that distance between a place where people see Jesus, a place where we begin to catch people as they go through their life. Say, hey, you know what you would need? You need a good meal. 
with friends. Well, I don't, I don't know anybody there. I know, but promise they're your friends already. Yeah, but well, I, I just thought, man, life is so difficult and things, circumstances are so big. You know what? You need to come to the temple. You need to come to church with me and be reminded that God is bigger. Be reminded that there's a greater story. Be reminded that there's hope in the midst of despair, difficulty. And be empowered. And I also want to pray, though, that if you can't make it to the dinner party, you can't make it to the temple, that you can step right there in the gap and say, hey, you know what? I want to pray for you. Hey, you know what? I think I got something for you. Gold and silver I do not have, Acts chapter 3. But what I do have, I give to you. Reach out a hand. Hey, why don't you stand up? So good. That's the body of Christ. That's streets and hearts. That's how people see Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that you caught us in the distance. You you caught us in the space between. You you caught us between things. You, you, You showed up in the middle of our life, in the middle of our circumstance, in the middle of our situation, and you showed up. And you didn't close your arms and you didn't try to sneak past us to, to, to not be touched by or infected by or messed by this thing or that. You showed up in the midst of it, arms open, ready to receive, give grace, love us, give all that you have for us and that we might be empowered. And Lord, I pray that today, right now, that there's those of us in the room who are understanding that you have given us your Holy Spirit, that we might fill the space between with hope. Fill the space between with love. Fill the space between with grace and mercy. Fill the space between with the power of God. And that in general, people will like what they see. And every day, people will be added to the church, the community of those who call upon Jesus. God, I thank you for it. I just want you, I want you to take uh, about 30 seconds. I'm going to be quiet. I want you to just ask the Holy Spirit. Just ask God, hey God, what street have I been neglecting? Um, what gift have I been pushing off? What people have I been missing? Or what has my attitude been towards the space between, towards the distance between? I just want you to ask him, what do you want me to do with today? God, what do you want me to do with today? He'll probably give you a little thought, or idea, or a little bit of an impression. Some of it's going to be super clear. For some of you, it's going to be a bit fuzzy, and you just lean into it. Maybe write it down, put it on your phone, just begin to pray into it. So just 30 seconds right now. Just ask God, what do I do with this? that God would empower, that God would encourage. If that's you today and you would say, you know what, I, I want to live in that. I want to live that kind of life. I want to live that wide open, arms wide kind of life where from street to street, from temple to table, I, I'm catching people. I'm, 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 I'm inviting people. I'm, I'm bringing people along. I'm, I'm going to 
I'm going to make them part of my life. I'm going to I'm going to be I'm going to be an influencer in the best sense of the word. I'm going to be someone who who brings people along.